Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over 15 glorious years. And each week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. Never. How you doing? I know you had some some uh, family drama. I don't know if that's the right word, but how's everything going? Yeah, my grandma's fine. My grandma went to the hospital. She thought she was having a heart attack. And then, of course, because my grandmother is 87 years old, they kept over for observation. And they were like, well, there's something weird going on. And so they kept her for a few days. And um, what's funny is yesterday we got the news. You know, they did the, the whole cardiogram and cardiography or cardio this or cardio that. And um, she's all in the clear. Good. What's funny, though, is we know where the drama comes from because... They did the, I don't know what it's called, where they put the ink in your blood and they find out if there's any blockages. And the the, the cardiologist said beforehand, like, look, we know in the past she had a small heart attack. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to do this to see where there's blockages. And look, you know, she's 87 years old and right. there are going to be some blockages, you know. Sure, sure, sure. And he comes back and he goes, uh, yeah, no blockages. <laughs> she's completely fine. Uh, in fact, that's actually really surprising because she's 87. She has zero blockages, okay? But she was resisting because she's going through some dementia. Uh, she was resisting a lot of the going – because she didn't know what it was going to be. She didn't know – were they doing open-heart surgeries? She thought people were lying to her. So they put her in that, that twilight – I don't know what it's called. You know where they uh, – you're kind of under. You're not totally under. Okay? The vampire books written by the Mormon woman? <laughs> no? What? Nothing. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. They call this this thing uh, Twilight. And um, so then they tell us, you know, she's fine. You can go in the hospital room. She's going to be kind of groggy and stuff. But, uh, yeah, she's fine. So we go in the hospital room, and she is like, uh, it's okay. I know it's my time to go. I saw my my mother and my father and my brother and my sister, and they said, we're waiting for you. We're like, you're fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, granted, she's 87. Anything can happen. But, like, she thought this was it. You know, we were yeah. all there to, to say goodbye. And uh, that's it. The only other thing was um, I was at my parents' house uh, right after Thanksgiving, our celebration. And um, I took a nap. And when I woke up, there was a text message from my uncle saying they're transferring grandma from this hospital to a Pomona Valley Hospital to oh. – um, I know Pomona Valley really Oh, well. I know you do because you were working there for a bit. But they're transferring her to Pomona Valley for the cardiogram, the thing we just talked about. So I'm talking to my mom. My mom's like, we're going to go visit your grandma at the other hospital. I go, oh, my, my uncle just texted and said that uh, she's being transferred. My mom looks at her phone. She goes, oh, he did text. Oh, but his text message says tomorrow. And I go, okay. She goes, but you know, let me call. Mike, this phone call. I'm sitting there. She goes, Hello. Hi, um, so Joey got a text message that said that they were transferring Grandma to Pomona Valley. But then my text message says that they're transferring her to tomorrow. Uh-huh. Yeah, because Joey said, yeah, Joey said, uh, didn't say tomorrow, mine said tomorrow, so I was curious of which one it was. <laughs> okay, so it's tomorrow? Yeah, okay, good, because we were going to go over there, and Joey didn't say tomorrow, Hours said tomorrow, so well, thank God we call, I called because yeah, you know, fucking Joey. <laughs> yeah, and then she yeah, and then she was like, uh huh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I called because Joey's didn't say tomorrow. Mine said tomorrow, 
And so that's I, and Mike. It's this tomorrow, went on for, Betty. It's five minutes, and then five feet. I'm like, okay, we know it's tomorrow. We know it. Okay, and she goes, do you see how he is? This is what I have to put up with. He's well, very, he's very grumpy. Yeah, you're an awful son. I'm an awful son. Oh, I don't know. My mom, my mom, I did my mom's voice for that, but whatever. But uh, how was your Thanksgiving, Mike Lawson? <laughs> so uneventful. It was wonderful. Um, oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. So. I generally go to see my parents like for Thanksgiving or Christmas. It was real early on. I figured out when I lived far away from them, like, first of all, it's expensive to go see them twice in, you know, a one month time period to go to Phoenix twice to battle crowds twice. And then also just to, to see them when like nothing has changed twice do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Give give me, you know, I can understand seeing them twice in a year, where you know something has changed in between. But basically, at Thanksgiving, we're planning what we're going to do for Christmas in a couple weeks. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. So I, I see them for one or the other. This year, it's going to be Christmas. So uh, here, I sat with uh, Steve, whose family is in Korea at this time, mm-hmm. and they'll be back by the time this episode's released. Though they're coming back today. And um, what did we do? We just kind of like watched TV. Oh, we went and saw this new Disney movie, Moana, which was uh-huh. cute. Not perfect, but good. Um, yeah, we did nothing, Joe. We bought a pizza at Safeway uh, and cranberry sauce and stuffing I'm so pre-made jealous. in the deli. And then we just, we didn't even use plates. We sat in the kitchen while the pizza cooked and ate out of the containers. Uh, it was perfect. It was perfect. Uh, I w- Mike. <laughs> I'm not even joking. This is actually kind of a serious topic. I'm sure there's a lot of our gay. Uh, I know we have some gay people who listen to our show. Couple, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, this is the first year where I was like, I think I'm a gay man. I'm single, and I, I don't know. I need to figure something else out because. So this year, my mom, my mom usually does a huge spread for Thanksgiving, but this year. She was just like, yeah, we're just going to go to your brother's in-laws house, right? Now, Mm -hmm. FYI, my brother's in-laws are, they're very, very nice, but I find them to be just, I just, I'm super, super, super uncomfortable around them Uh, for a variety of reasons I don't want to get into. I'm just super uncomfortable around them. It's just, it's always very awkward and that awful small talk that's awful, awful, awful with them and their family. It's just awful. But I was like, all right, whatever. It's a couple hours. And whatever. And, and actually, I was thinking, like, oh, but we don't have to deal with all the drama of Thanksgiving of, like, doing the whole spread. So that's kind of nice. We go and leave, you know? Mm-hmm. So I call my mom in the morning just to confirm. And she's, I'm all like, um, yeah, so we're going, you know, to the in-laws house. And uh, what time again? She says, 1030 in the morning, Joey. 1030. I told you this. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. 1030. I'll see you at 1030. Mike, I'm actually kind of late because of traffic. I drive to up to their house at 1045 no one there like my mom's car's not there my brother's car is not there <laughs> and so then i call my mom and i go hey where are you because look sometimes people are late the traffic's bad she goes we're just leaving joey okay we're just leaving <laughs> it's your fault joe and i go uh, what happened she goes and she starts telling me about they were doing it. My dad went to go visit my grandmother in the morning, and they decided to do an EKG. So he decided to stick all of these valid excuses, right? 
Yeah, but just tell me about it so that call I'm not me. sitting in their driveway. Yes, call me. Call <laughs> yeah. me, right? And she goes, well, did they call um, your brother's? Oh, oh yeah. So then I call my house? brother and I go, where are you guys? And she goes, they went to another Thanksgiving party. <laughs> and then she goes, your mom called us. So that's why we, we're still here because your mom called and said they're going to be late. Oh, good. She called him. Called him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> then I had a full-on eight-year-old style meltdown on my mom where I was just like, I literally screamed, I am alone. I am alone. You have to call me. And she was still to this day, we're actually it's still a sore subject. She, she doesn't get it. She does not get like, I don't know these people. I'm single. I don't have other family. Like, and she just thinks I made it all about myself. Am sure. I wrong here? No, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think the, though, um, just to kind of play devil's advocate maybe a little bit, to play Betty's advocate a little bit. Um, Same person. Like, yeah. <laughs> she, like, she, maybe she's kind of judging your overreaction because you would agree that you kind of overreacted, right? Well, I overreacted. Joe. I didn't overreact at first. I overreacted when the entire time, this is very Betty Batance. It's not like, if it would have been me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We are on our way. No, her reaction is. What's the big deal, Joey? Calm down, Joey. Yeah, just yeah. calm down. What's wrong with you? And she goes, well, you know what? We have a lot going on here too, Joey. Okay. It's not all about you. Your grandmother's sick. Um, there was some, uh, then she started bringing up things. Manny died. Manny died in August. And what does she care? Yeah. I baked up. I baked three pies and I can't locate them. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> baked three pies. We couldn't find the cakes, you know, for two hours. <laughs> but but the other thing too is, she knew at ten a.m. they were going to be late. She knew at ten fifteen. She knew at ten thirty. I should have been ten forty-five, and I had to call her. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. I also more devil's advocate if I could. So like you and your you call them your in laws is that what you call them No no I just didn't I mean I don't know what to call them they're my brother's in laws It's weird when you're telling Australians but those people like mm-hmm. I guess the way that our families all meld and like become one is that we have quite a few awkward kind of Thanksgivings like that that the Thanksgiving will get easier right like you'll get more comfortable around these people the more often you have these weird No we have them all the time they're just uncomfortable people. I think it'll get easier. Mm. That's what families do. Mike, my, my, my Mike, and Danielle, I've known these people for 20 years. Yeah. I don't know. I think that it gets easier. Okay. Well, you can hang out with them. No, thanks. Um, <laughs> hey, Joe. I, yes? I mean, I had this amazing Thanksgiving where I was relaxed and happy. I'm having the longest weekend in the history of the world. I feel like I was ready to go back to work today. It felt – oh, by the way, it's the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I should mention. Um uh, I was ready to go back to work. I feel like ready. I'm like so tired, so relaxed. Last mm-hmm. weekend I went camping. We haven't talked about my camping trip yet. Oh um, yeah, I'm excited. And oh yeah, there's things that I know that were that are coming. Oh, I'm excited for today's show. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Mike, Mike, Mike. I know we're gonna hear all about your camping trip, but before you do, do you listen to this show? Pod yeah, is my one co-pilot. of my favorite podcasts, award-winning show, available at podismycopilot.com. Of course I do. Yeah. Now, let me tell you this. They do this thing every year, the Thanksgiving mixtape. So what they do is they each host brings some of their favorite songs, and they do this really long episode. And the idea is that many people are traveling for Thanksgiving or around the holidays, and this is just an episode you could put on your podcast and in your favorite podcasting app, and you could listen to some of their favorite music. 
Yeah, and they often will tell you like um like what that song meant right. to them and why they're choosing that song. It can be sometimes kind of yeah, emotional, like you know. Yeah, so I, I I'll go. For, I thought, I, we're not going to do a whole episode like that, but I thought we, you know I like that idea, and I want to sprinkle in okay. some of our favorite songs and and what that and this means is, to us. I'll, I'll go this first. This is a tribute you, to yeah. a show we like. We're not copying them. We're not trying to take anything yeah. from them. We're actually doing the same thing because we love them so much. Pod is my copilot dot com. Yeah, cool. It's an homage. Okay, cool. So yeah. you're going to do a song so right now. My yeah yeah. So my first song is. It's actually an important song for me. Believe it or not, it's not Lisa Loeb or anything <laughs> like that. But um, when I was in college, I remember, and I don't think we've ever talked about Chris Arnold. Maybe one day he will oh. come up. But um, there was this guy that I dated named Chris Arnold who was fucking gorgeous. But it was one of these things where... Um, I remember stories about him. Is that weird? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's an easy name to remember, though. But Yeah, yeah. It is an easy name to remember. But he was this straight guy. He was straight, and I met him, so I, and I thought he was beautiful. Straight to yo dick. Yeah, <laughs> but it was one of these things, and I don't want to, un- because we have a long show today anyway. I don't want to unpack the whole right. relationship. Maybe one day we will. But he and I had like a whirlwind brief romance, and then he broke my heart. And Did it, Then he went to an internship across the country. And <laughs> <laughs> no, very similar, actually. And they, strangely, they were the same age. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you go your whole life dating only 23-year-olds? Like the day they turn yeah. 24, you f- trade it in? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, boring. Get out of here. So, uh, so, he, and I remember after he... Cameron who? More like Cameron too. <laughs> Sorry, I know you don't Before, like that. Before... <laughs> no, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. But um, when, when, you know, we had this giant, like, oh my God, giant blowout and, and, and he we broke up and... Gosh, for like months, I just listened to this one song over and over and over again, lying down on the. I remember on the the shitty carpet of my shitty college apartment, just staring at the right. ceiling, playing it playing it on my dumb stereo, you know that I had. And so I want to play this song, and uh, I think it's really right. important to me. I'm Jaquita Banana, and I've come to say bananas have to ripen in a certain way when they reflect with brown and ever. Golden you bananas taste the best in all the best for you. You can put them in a salad. You can put them in a pie. Yeah, yeah. Any way you want to eat them. It's impossible to beat them. But bananas like the climate of a very, very tropical equator. So you should never put bananas in the refrigerator. So uh, last weekend, as we talked about in previous shows, I basically bought a bunch of camping gear and decided to disconnect for a weekend. I left on Friday morning and I came back Sunday afternoon. So I spent two nights uh, up in the woods. I found a campground at the top of Mount Diablo, Mm -hmm. which is not too far from me, but it's in a state park. So it's far enough. It's like secluded. It's nice. And Friday night, I drove up there. Um, the last person... Well, I wait, you don't have a car. Oh, I rented a car for the weekend, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and so I uh, packed up the car. I went up there. By the way, when I went to get my car, fuck budget renter car, by the way. Um, I rented the car, and the default was like pick up at noon. So I just did that because I'm like, that sounds reasonable. 
Yeah. And then I woke up and you know how like in your last minute like planning, you're like, okay, I have to do this, I have to do that and that. I kind of got to this point where all I had to do was load the car and it was kind of making me anxious because the gates at the state park close at sundown. And I wanted to load the car plus get there, uh, build the tent. Then I wanted to go get firewood. I could have got firewood on the way. I don't know. That was the, what in my head what I wanted to do. But I was kind of getting anxious because I couldn't go get the car till noon. Mm-hmm. So I called Budget and I was like, hey, it's 9 a.m. And I have a reserve, reservation at noon. Could I come get the car now? And the uh, person is like, and he said, I could, but it'll cost 200. No, I'm sorry. 76 extra dollars. Joe, to rent the car for the weekend was like 200 bucks. So it was like ridiculous right stupid but anyway i get there i build my tent everything is nice wait did you pay the extra 76 dollars no i just waited till oh, okay. Fuck that. i actually showed up at 11 thinking mm-hmm. well i'll just wait in the lobby if they won't give it to me yeah uh, but the the guy at the counter he was like you know what it's 11 15 i'll just turn instead of returning it by noon you could return it by 11 15 and it's all equal um that was such a st- stupid tangent but anyway i get to the campground joey um Getting to the actual state park doesn't take long, but to get to the top of Mount Diablo in the car, it's like this windy, small road where you're not allowed to pass bicyclists in a good majority of the road because it's like these blind curves. Mm -hmm. So it takes forever to get up to the top of the hill. Um, I finally get there. I build my tent. I pick a little camp area where it's kind of secluded, but as I'm driving around... The entire campground, there is one other couple. It's an old man and woman, and that's it. It was kind of, like, scary that first night. Once I got my fire going and was um, uh, just kind of relaxed, it got a little bit easier, but it was a little bit scary. I don't know. Like, if you're a, a bad person, like if you're a, a murderer or a thief, you're not driving to the top of this hill to steal from a guy in a tent. I get that. But it still was a little bit scary just to be kind of vulnerable like oh, that. Oh, you were so you're scared of murderers. I'm more scared of animals. Well, you would have fucking hated my f- first night. I'm sitting there next to the fire, reading, comfortable, relaxed, and I hear a scream, <laughs> which oh, I told you a second ago, there's nobody in this campground except for a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And the man is in the bushes behind me. <laughs> and he said, Hey, I just want to let you know the raccoons are coming your way. And I turn around and there's like six raccoons just kind of staring at me. (gasps) I would have packed up and gone home. I like made loud noises and they didn't even move. And then, and I, by the way, I can barely see them because all I have is firelight, you know? So it's like my eyes are struggling to adjust. Meanwhile, they're like, they can see every detail because Mm -hmm. they're um, animals that are smart. And I had a bag of trash hanging from a tree. But, by the way, I haven't eaten anything at this point. The trash was like the uh, plastic wrap around the firewood. And, um, like, uh, I bought a little bag of, like, fire-starting things and stuff like that. It wasn't food at all. But there was a bag hanging. The raccoons fucking knew it, that it was trash, and they thought there was food. So, for the next, like, hour and a half... They kept coming back to my campground. I eventually ripped the bag down, but they still kept coming back looking for stuff. And that first night when I was sleeping in the tent, I raccoons kept attacking my 
campground. They kept coming back. I left a gallon of water. This was my mistake. They left. I left a gallon of water on outside of the tent. That was fucking torn up and all like uh, poured out. Oh, really? I, yeah, they fucking attacked anything that was out there. And I just kept making loud noises in my tent, and they would go away. But it, it really scared me. Um, and then the second night, it rained really hard. But I'll get to that in a second because I want to talk about the book that I read in a minute. But I'm so Did curious. you take your flashlight with you? No, 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 no. I didn't. Would you have? Joey, it was freezing cold. Can you imagine being so cold and then you there's a flashlight? I would not put my weenie in that. Okay. We always get mail when I say the word weenie, by the way. Do we really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a very childish word. I know, say. but I feel stupid talking about weenies anyway, so it makes it, you know, a little <laughs> bit of okay. But I, it was so cold. Like, the entire time I was there, I didn't shower, which is really gross. I know there were there were showers at the campground bathrooms, and there's no way I would have used that. Well, it's good because someone would have been like, oh, my God, snake! And then they would have, like, started hitting you. Stupid. And then the the campground was, like clean and stuff but just the thought of a i didn't even go in the shower to see if it looked good but it just doesn't i would rather be dirty yeah no no i, I agree for two you. days yeah. you know yeah, it wasn't yeah. it's, like it's two I was days there for a week right? yeah so it was a good time though i came back feeling really relaxed and fulfilled and we'll talk about more of that in a second i want to hear some of your stories though. i know you got on the trailer, you have like twelve stories. So. I know, I know, I know, and I have to, I have to, I, I, I put them. I right before we recorded, I put them in the order. I think I should tell them with time remaining. But uh, I do have some questions though. So okay, so what did you eat? Did you actually make like campfire food, like veg- vegetarian chili, and and like especially for a vegetarian? What does a vegetarian eat? Well, I whilst got, camping, I bought these like um, vegan sausages at Whole Foods, mm-hmm. and they were they're like sausage. But then they have like um, little like chunks of jalapeno cheese, but they're vegan, so I don't actually know what the fuck I was eating. It, it, I and Joe's, no strangely, the raccoons didn't touch those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they finally got to my food and they just threw it back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I ate uh, those, uh, and we'll get to my second night in a minute because that was uh, harder to eat because of the okay. rain. Uh, but I also had marshmallows. And potato chips. <laughs> did you did you cry at all while you were on, out there? Did you say cry? Yeah, cry tears. No, what about what? So wait, what time did you actually land? What what time did you get to the campground? Okay, I have a lot of questions about this. What yeah. time did you get to the campground? Set everything up. I would say Friday around two o'clock. I got there. Okay, but then how long did it take you to set up? Maybe an hour. Like, so I set up like my tent and put unloaded the car into the tent and then i drove down the hill and went to the grocery store okay so but so what time was it that you were okay everything is done like sundown friday like it as it was getting dark i was starting my fire so it's like 5 30 ish okay 5 5 30 what do you do from because i know we're all because you're doing it two, you split up into two nights right yeah so that first night yeah i basically like I got in the tent because it was getting really cold, and then I just got really wrapped up. I had a blanket and my sleeping bag and my 50 layers of clothing, and I sat in there, and I ate, and I read, and I fell asleep. But you read by, by, like, campfire, or what what did you read Well, I'm reading on an iPad right now. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Um, But I ate and read, and then I fell asleep, and then I woke up and ate and read, 
and fell asleep. No, what time asleep, do you wake? Because I imagine you slept pretty early because what else yeah. are you going to do? Because it was dark and I didn't, yeah. you know, my body was just like bedtime. So yeah. I did fall asleep early, but I kept waking up all night to like read a little more and oh, to okay. eat and to like hang out. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like, I didn't fall asleep and sleep all night. I kind of was up and down. Okay. So that's so the first night. Yeah. Okay. And the bathrooms were, the place I picked, I wasn't far from the bathrooms, but it was too far to walk in the cold. So I also peed near my tent. That okay. was a thing that I was kind of weird weirded out about i didn't pee like down or upstream from my tent or anything weird like that but that was a little bit weird for me because like should i put a cup in my tent and do a joe Batanz and pee next to my bed which is gross or should i you know exit my warm cocoon of sleeping bag blanket tent and you know what i mean like it was a really hard decision for me as a city boy to figure out but I would I would have gone outside the pee outside the tent. I would I only did that out of necessity when I was in someone's weird house and the doors made the loudest noise ever. Sure. Well, the weird thing is like I was concerned about making pee noises that the old couple would hear, but they were far enough away that I don't think that they did. But if I yelled like something, they could hear it. Like if I, well, in fact, if I was having this conversation. At the tent, they could hear me talking. I don't know if they could hear every word. Oh, they were that they close. Were that close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes. But, but also, I, it's like silent up there, so it's not even like that. You know, if they were that close, but we were in the city, they wouldn't be able to hear it. But there's nothing else going on up there. Are you glad they were there? Would you have been more freaked out if you were completely alone? I don't know if I would have stayed if I was all alone. Uh huh. But well, also, it's a state park, so the gates close at sundown, and the I guess there's a ranger. I would have to hike down because i couldn't drive because the gates are shut so it would have it would it was scary so you know i mean yeah. 911 would respond so it's not like oh I you was, had cell phone reception i had cell phone reception they the the flyer they gave me at the front gate when i checked in said just call 911 if there's an emergency or whatever so i would have been okay but yeah i, I would have been scared if that other older couple wasn't there okay what would you go camping alone? No, no, never. I, I had I, trouble camping with my boyfriend. Yeah, I've been looking. By the way, I think camping's my new thing. Um, I have all the gear now, so I could go on a weekend. That was so easy to do. Um, I think Joshua Tree's in the cards, though. I've been looking at different places to camp in California, and it looks mm-hmm. beautiful at night. Oh, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Joey, what's up with you? Do you have any I know that there's a dinner party story that people well, really want to hear about? Yeah, so what what were the results of that Twitter poll? Oh. Okay, pulling it up now, Joey, and the tweet that we have pinned to the top of our Twitter account at this moment, which will be gone by the time this is airing. Joe went to a dinner party. A celebrity was there. Would it be name dropping to tell the story on the show? I think this is a flawed poll. Twenty two percent of the people responding said nope. I'm sorry. 22% of the people said yes, totally name dropping, while 78% of the people listening said uh, nope, totally not name dropping. I think it's a flawed poll, Joe, because you presented this as if you want to hear the celebrity's name, vote no. And if you want me to tell the story, but don't tell you the juiciest, best part of the story, vote yes. So I think it's fucked that. Of course people voted, 78% of them voted, that it's not name-dropping. But I feel you're misrepresenting the poll because it was pretty much around there even before we announced it. Yeah, but we've gotten multiple votes since then. So if if it were... No, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with you. 
I, I think you're right that it was around like 30%, 30-70, right? And then we probably have gotten, you know, maybe almost half of the votes have come in since then. And it's stayed that way. But I think that it would have evened out more if you hadn't presented it in such a way. That's my right, two cents. Well, I, your two cents. If, 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 let, let me put it this way. As a listener, if I were just a listener, I feel like you do name drop and you know that. And I feel like that's why you even created this as a poll because you're sensitive to it because I call you out on it. No, I don't think I need, I actually had a discussion with this with uh, gay godfather of the Joe, uh, Larry Flick. And we discussed this because to me, name dropping is when you just drop in the name for no opinion. Like, like there was no reason to mention the celebrity's name. Like the other day, I, I don't think I said this on the show. I was out and about and I was at a coffee house and a table over was a gay couple on a date. And uh, the gay guy, you know, uh, I've only pointed out the race so that we can know who the two different people Uh-oh. are. But one, was a white, one was a white guy, one was an African-American. Okay. Okay. And the African-American guy asked the white guy, uh, how was your day? And he goes, oh, my God, it was so busy. Like, um, I'm not even joking. That's an exact impression. He was like, it was so busy. Uh, I was so, you know, I had to go to the store to buy things for my boss. And then um, we went to lunch. Oh, I went to lunch. And then afterwards, Gwyneth called and she was like, do you want to go get a coffee? And I was like, okay. And then we went out for, co- went out for coffee with Gwyneth. And then all my girlfriends showed up and they were like, oh my God, you know, because it's Gwyneth. And I was like, oh my God, it's just Gwyneth. And then afterwards, I went to the mall and I'm like, wait a minute, why did any of the, why did Gwyneth Paltrow have to come up in this? And like, it was, it was so pointless. To me, that's name dropping. Yeah, but he explicitly asked him to tell that story. What did you do today? Yeah, but why was it important that Gwyneth Paltrow was there? Would it, isn't that weird to not say the name? No, I went to coffee with a friend, and then this happened. Like, he was, he was doing brief rundowns. Like, maybe I'm not selling it right, but the guy just was really cramming in Gwyneth Paltrow's name. Okay. okay. Now, that being said, what's funny is I actually do – I don't think I usually name drop. I actually do think this is kind of name droppy, though, my actual well, story. Also, like, I, I don't think I finished this thought, um, which is should be the name of this podcast. Mike didn't finish his thought. Um, I – you – I feel like you do do the name dropping stuff with this story as if I were just a listener, if I wasn't, you know, 50% of the voice, um, 35% of the voice on the show, I would say that I would vote that it's not name dropping because I would want to hear the name of the person. I feel like it is name dropping, but I would vote that it's not because I want you to tell the story fully. Well, then I won't say the the celebrity's name. I don't we don't, we don't not bound to the vote. Well, I want to hear the celebrity's name. <laughs> well, I can tell you and not put it in the show. <laughs> okay. Well, but also with Taylor the Latte Boy, I was talking to him and I had him play a guessing game. I think that would be kind of fun for the show as well. Okay. So first I'm going to tell – because there is a part of the story that I want to tell that has nothing to do with the celebrity but it involves a celebrity. Okay. And it, it, the, it was the reason I wanted to tell the story, which was what is it like in Los Angeles when you're at a dinner party with people who are entertainment professionals – when a celebrity shows up to a dinner party, a small intimate dinner party, okay? So I kind of, so I'm just going to say for the the story, the, the celebrity's name will come out later. We're just going to say celebrity for right now, all right? Okay. So I, I, I knew going to the dinner party there, there was a chance the celebrity would be there. 
I was warned, oh, you know, these two people are going to come, um, Johnny and Julianne, that's their first names, right? Johnny and yeah. Julianne are coming, and they might be bringing celebrity. And I was okay. like, oh, okay, whatever. Celebrities in town, he has nothing going on. He said he might come, okay? So I kind of already knew. Where's the dinner party at? We haven't... Chris and Mercedes' house. Okay. So I show up, and um, it's just a pizza party. It's a very simple... It's not like a, a formal dinner party. It's pizza. Okay. So I'm chit-chatting with Mercedes. Um, every, it's just me and Mercedes and the family So at this point, right? And then people start arriving, okay? And then at a certain point, Mercedes is like, oh, I better order these pizzas. So she gets on the phone, and she starts ordering the pizza. Um, actually, that story, that detail is important later when I tell the story specifically about a celebrity, my interaction with a celebrity, okay? But then um, Johnny and Julianne show up, and the celebrity is there. Mm-hmm. So I meet a celebrity. Now, but they're the, I think they're the last people to arrive. So when they get there, everyone's there. And then it's actually, for the most part, to be honest with you, and this is why the story's kind of any other. If the, the, this is why I even think the story's name droppy. The dinner party is, I don't want to say boring because it wasn't boring, but like uneventful. Uneventful. Yeah. Completely uneventful. Like the kids are playing, the adults. At the first, I just almost like cocktail hour mingling, talking in little groups. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we get together, and of course, the kids sit at the kids' table, and the adults sit at the adult table, and we're all eating pizza and having salad and, and talking. And, and, and the conversation was really about politics, because this is right after the election. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny, because I am, I'm, we're, everyone's playing it cool, and, and everyone is cool. So, like, um, and so, you know, the celebrity would chime in about the, the election and whatnot. But the entire time, I was thinking, like, this is that person. That person is sitting here talking about Donald Trump. Yeah. You know? And it, it's weird because... Do you think that as a... Like, would that person... I mean, he doesn't know everyone in the room. Or he or she. You haven't even actually said the gender of the person, have you? No. Okay. So the per, the celebrity... Does, I mean, making a public statement about politics is, you know, a choice, right? But having a conversation at a dinner party... like you kind of have to be concerned. Like, I don't want the world to necessarily know my politics if I'm, you know, Rachel Ray or something. You know what I mean? Like, because it, it doesn't matter. Like, or, or I don't necessarily want it to matter. Yeah. Well, that's why I thought this dinner party was interesting. I've been in these situations before, but this, for some reason, this was very clinical. Does that make sense? So I've been in intimate situations with celebrities before, but this one was different because it was very intimate and it was, it's usually, let me put it this way. It's always been, before historically the first part where it's more cocktail hour mm-hmm. and so that person is just floating around and you may or may not interact with him or her okay yeah yeah this is one where like now we're sitting at a table the way adults do and have a conversation about politics and what's going on in the world and everyone chimes in you know sure and um what's funny is again every, i will say this actually and um the people at this dinner party are except for, except for joe batanz <laughs> are all uh, very accomplished in the entertainment industry, right? They're just not celebrities. Sure. Okay? Does that make sense? But they're all very accomplished in the entertainment industry. So they're very comfortable being around celebrity. I'm more comfortable, I think, than the average person just because of my proximity to it. But I I do sit here and go like, that is sort of weird, you know? 
Yeah. So I mean, it does hit me not all the not the entire I'm the, not the entire time, just sometimes it just hits me. Okay. Okay. So um, and and again, like I said, I've, when I've told people, I go like, when you meet a celebrity out in the street, what do you think is going to happen? They're just going to be like, oh, thanks, right? So it th- these situations are really like, yeah, I get to interact with a celebrity in a very intimate dinner party way where they are going they do feel very comfortable because it's other show business professionals and Joe and <laughs> and um and so they're fine and, and and obviously there's probably also a sense of you know we all know Chris is very accomplished in show business he's at this person's house and so that there probably is a sort of a level of comfort because he feels everyone's been vetted right does that make sense like, yeah totally yeah so um, it's kind of like the way Grinder was when it first started. Do you remember when Grinder used to be only an iOS app? And yeah. You're like, well, at least the guy is like on an iPhone, so that shows that he probably has a job. Do you know what I mean? So, so classist of me, but it <laughs> did kind of work that way. It wasn't a guaranteed thing, but it it meant that he probably had like I wouldn't say some necessarily level of a, stability. I wouldn't say necessarily a job. You would I would have thought though this person's kind of in the know. Like he knows to use together. his app. Yeah, sure. he he knows to use. Like it's kind of the way I feel about Uber versus Lyft. Like Uber is just everyone uses Uber and they're horrible people who who ride it. But I feel with Lyft, the riders are a little a, a level above because oh, really? they. I kind of feel that way. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So um, that's just my guess because I feel like Lyft is more inside. Okay. All right. Maybe not as much as it used to be. Maybe there was a time, I guess, where Lyft felt like that. Anyway, so celebrity has to leave a little early, not like ten, not like I'm gone now, you know, but like maybe about half hour to an hour before the whole thing wraps up. Celebrity leaves. Okay. okay. He, uh, celebrity has to go to another uh, dinner party or somewhere else, right? Then after celebrity leaves, that's when everyone like unbuckles their belt a little bit. Uh-huh. And then that's when, again, like, and I told you, it is interesting because these are entertainment professionals. They're like, well, that was a thing. You know, celebrity was here. And it isn't interesting that celebrity did this and celebrity did that. And so, like, th- they were no different than I was. Sure. Was So was there, like, tea and shade? Were they, like, no, 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 imagine? And, no? no, 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 because when, when I tell you about who the celebrity is... I will get into that, but no tea, no shade. That's and that's also why I felt comfortable telling the story because there's really nothing to say. I mean, the person right, is you're not talking shit or anything. No, right? completely normal, completely pleasant, completely average person. There's yeah. really no story besides a little short story. Other than that, but it was funny to me is everyone was like, "Oh, is the celebrity going to be there?" Then celebrity's there, and then celebrity leaves, and they're like, "Oh, can you believe celebrity this?" And that was weird, and blah 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 blah, and blah blah blah. And this is, you know, they just everyone feels more comfortable once celebrity is gone. Sure. Does that make sense? And so I thought that was very interesting. That again, um, a lot did of people celebrity there, leave alone, or did celebrity, celebrity leave left alone? Too fast? Yeah, celebrity oh. left alone. Celebrity left alone. And it's funny, like I said, everyone there is. Accomplished. Oh, uh, one of the people is on a major network television show. Sure. You know? So, well, your friend Chris is not a nobody either. Yeah, like, but Chris isn't totally. a nobody either. So, like, it's funny that it's it's still interesting to them, but it's a very L.A. thing to not want to admit it. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, I, it, I can actually see myself being that way totally. Like, it would be a deal that I, like, had dinner with them, but in the moment I would be, like, no big deal. You yeah, know. exactly. And and, and, I, and to their credit, everybody was very no big deal when he was there. And then even afterwards, it wasn't like they were like, oh, my God, screaming. They were just like, 
They just acknowledged, acknowledged that it was a thing. Acknowledged that it was a thing, okay. yeah. Sort of an interesting insight into how it sort of works. Uh, p- people in show business, no matter how accomplished they are, are still intrigued. I wouldn't say impressed by him. Well, now it's, it's a guy. Um, aren't impressed, but they they still acknowledge and they're still, they still like it. Does that make sense? Totally, yeah. Okay. So now let's get to the guessing game. All right. So it's a man. Okay. Um, I would say he's he's definitely famous. You definitely know who he is. Okay. Um, and he's will I have still... to Google him to see what he looks like? No, like, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Was it Martin Short? It was not Martin Short. Why did you guess Martin Short though? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, it's not <laughs> Martin Short. But okay. um, I will say this: we'll start with an easy one. He is a current actor, and he's currently in things and has done a lot of things since then. But I would say is most known as sort of an 80s icon. He's in, Let me put it this way. He is, in an, he is in at least one iconic 80s movie. And he's uh, the star of the film. Is it a franchise or is it a movie? It was just like, a one-time movie. Was it Matthew Broderick? Oh, my God, yes. How did you know? Whoa, was it really? Yes. <laughs> That's just a good guess. I was actually going to say Michael J. Fox until you said it wasn't a franchise. And then I was oh, like, oh, wow. Okay. It took Taylor a while. And actually, Babalu was the one that guessed it. That was just a, a lucky guess on my part. I mean, there's 20 other people that would have been mm-hmm. the next guess, you know? Yeah. Cool. And is he still married to Sarah Jessica Parker? That's is always that- everyone's first question. If SJP was there, did, never brought up SJP, I'm assuming they're still married. I know he was just visiting. So, yeah. I mean, it never came up. Uh, the thing is with um, Matthew Broderick was he's just, there's nothing to say. Like, he's, he's exactly what you would think he would be like. Perfectly pleasant. Sure. And not boring in a mean way. Just, he's not like. Regular. Regular. Normal yeah. person. Um, he is very, this is not shady at all. Um it it is weird though because you're like that's Ferris fucking Bueller sitting right. right there you know or that's or Simba he's the voice of Simba or he's the guy from the producers or he's you know he's in so many things also weird and I and I mentioned this after this is during the post um, Matthew Broderick leaving conversation is um, I think <laughs> what's funny is I've met both people in intimate situations one of two people is the first person that i masturbated to okay matthew broderick really (laughs) matthew broderick in biloxi blues i don't know who biloxi blues in biloxi blues oh wait that's a movie he was in it's a neil simon play it's a movie yeah biloxi blues is a movie he was in and he has like a sex scene like i thought that was so hot because i was probably about like puberty age when it came out right and then the other person is chad allen do you remember him uh-huh. He was like a little kid star, and I was in love with him too. And I had dinner with him in a small dinner party too. So I strangely have been in intimate situations with people that I've masturbated to as a twelve-year-old. He um, actually was really hot in Blexi Blues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never would have thought of him as hot, though. No, like, even I, Ferris Bueller, like not hot. Well, I think part of it is also timing. So, like when Ferris Bueller was around i was a kid right so i wasn't interested and then Mm -hmm. when i became old enough like there were more updated things to kind of lust over yeah so it just never really hit my radar in that sort of way 
Yeah. So uh, I, so he was sitting there thinking, like, I masturbated to this person. This is a person that I masturbated to. I wonder if he would have found that uh, flattering. No, I think it would have been very strange and weirded out if I would have been like, excuse me, Matthew. So so the one little story I have is, so Mercedes, when uh, Johnny and Julianne show up with Matthew Broderick in tow, they, um, you know, the, the door opens and there's a lot of chaos because Mercedes is literally on the phone with the pizza place at the time. And she's like, hi. And so it, again, it, it is weird is that Johnny's like, oh, this is my friend. This is my friend. This is Joe. And then he goes, oh, I'm Matthew. And it's so funny to go like, but what do you do when you're a celebrity? You know, like. Yeah. I'm Matthew Broderick. Here's my IMDb uh, yeah. rundown. I, I do understand why it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, he didn't do anything wrong. He was very casual about it. He's like, oh, hi, I'm Matthew. And I'm, oh, hi, I'm Joe. Nice to meet you. And then he goes, can I use the restroom to me? Right? And I go, oh, yeah. Mercedes is like, yeah, yeah, Joe knows, can show you where it is. So I'm leading him to the restroom, right? He wanted a change. I guess I don't remember what he was wearing and what he was changing into, but he wanted a change. And uh, I'm walking him to the restroom, and Mercedes' youngest son is washing his hands in the restroom, right? Okay. And I go, uh, hey, youngest son. I don't want to say their kids' names on the air. Sure. Uh, hey, youngest son, um, uh, th- uh, uh, somebody needs to use the restroom. And he goes, okay. And he like runs out. And then we approach Mike. The bathroom smelled so strongly of poo. Like, like, whoa. Like, <laughs> and then I have, but then we both have just, I just go like, okay, well, here's where you're changing. And then just like leave him there. I'm like, oh, it's so gross, weird. I just, so, <laughs> Sent Matthew Broderick to change like a pooey smelling bathroom. Sure. Um, that's the only real story I have. Well, that's interesting. I don't think that that's really name dropping, though. <laughs> After all that discussion about it. But <laughs> um, interesting. I, I'm i still kind of caught up on like how if someone's like, hey, this is Matthew. Mm-hmm. Like, would I just say like. Hello, Matthew. I'm Mike. Or would I acknowledge that I am familiar with his work? Well, you know what's imagine, so funny is... Go ahead. Imagine he's an architect, and he built two buildings I know, one that I masturbated to, right? <laughs> <laughs> but imagine like I'm just familiar with his work. I think they're like, this is Matthew. I'd be like, oh, Matthew, I'm glad I get to meet you because I'm familiar with your work. But for some reason with the celebrity, we've kind of been trained to kind of bite our tongue and... I don't know that I would necessarily acknowledge that, you know? Well, in this case, I was saved because there was so much chaos of people coming into the house that that sure. didn't even come up. It was like, like You had oh, poo hey. smells to ignore. Yeah, like, <laughs> Mercedes, on the, Mercedes on the phone with the pizza place. I'm saying hi to Johnny. I'm saying hi to Julianne. Oh, there's their kids. Hey, kids. You know, hi, Matthew. Nice to meet you. And then, you know, there's chaos still going on. And then there's right. bathrooms. And so that was just sort of washed away. And then there was a little cocktail hour, and Matthew was mostly talking to Johnny and Julianne and other people. And I was talking – Chris, you know, it was interesting because, like I said, it was right after the election. So I was talking to Chris about his experience in – oh, you know what? This this is a good segue into one of my lesser stories is – so what Chris was telling me – this was Chris was just obviously who was super pro-Hillary. He and Mercedes had gone to Ohio to canvas the weekend of the election and even the election day, just like canvassing, canvassing, canvassing. So – um, the election was particularly devastating for them. But and also, literally on election day, his 106-year-old grandmother. Um, a celebrity in her own right. A celebrity in her own right was got really ill. 
and was basically going to die and then died a few days later. So now I'm seeing him for the first time. His grandmother's just passed away. And so we were we were unpacking that and then I was talking about the election. So I was talking to Chris the whole time. But here's my question because it came up with funeral. This is a few days later now is uh, I was in the neighborhood. I was in the neighborhood of Chris's office. So I stopped by and I was talking to the office manager and we were just chit-chatting. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get out of here. And she says, um, oh, you're going to go to the funeral for Chris's grandma. And I go, well, I wasn't told, you know, about it. And she goes, you don't get invited to a funeral. Yeah, they don't right? send invites out to funerals. Yeah, but I just seen Chris and Mercedes the day before, and they didn't mention any details, right? Yeah, yeah. So then I go, I they do. Know. I mean, f- funeral announcements a lot of times are in the newspaper, so it's not like a secret, you know, party. And in fact, mm-hmm. when you and I were talking about this on the phone, the way I see it is everyone's welcome at the funeral. But not everyone is invited to a reception at the home or, you know, whatever happens after that. That might be a smaller, more intimate thing. But I feel like anyone really, unless there's like, like you wouldn't necessarily go to the funeral if you're like, um, I don't know, like a long time enemy or recent ex-wife or, you know what I mean? There might be instances where you wouldn't, but for the most part, everyone's welcome, I think. Well, yes, I usually agree with you, but as I said in a text message to a friend, um, I, I never know how to interpret the weird, wonderful world of the White's comedy of manners. Sure. And they have a whole other set of rules that they play by. So then, um, and I would have, now, usually I'm very close with Mercedes and Chris too, but I'm not going to bug Chris, you know, while he's busy. And then uh, Mercedes that day had food poisoning. So I didn't want to be like, I know you're throwing up violently, but can you answer this question? This etiquette question for me. Yeah. So then I'm like, oh, I don't I'm know. I'm stuck what to in do. my head about something. Could you? Yeah. Could you? Can you, you help can me you... and my neurosis? Yeah. <laughs> so then Chris's old assistant calls me and she says, "Oh, how's Chris doing with his grandmother?" Blah blah blah. And I go, I go, oh, I go, he seems fine. And she goes, I go, he, she was 106, you know. And sure. um, she goes, "Are you going to go to the funeral?" I go, "Well, I have the details." I go, but and I told her the problem. She goes, "I don't know. I think we should go. I think you and I should go together." And I was like, "I don't know. I." It's so when she understands Chris too, and she was like, "Yeah, I don't get this." I'm like, "You know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna ask Mercedes." So I text Mercedes when you have a chance. Sure. Here's the thing, and then Mercedes Mercedes even says, "Oh, I don't know." (laughs) She goes, "Let me ask Chris." Okay. Right. And so Chris's response was very Chris, which was, "You're welcome to come, but." Yeah. But let me give you a non-answer. <laughs> yes. You're welcome to come, but there's going to be a lot of people there. My time's going to be taken up, and I see you all the time, and I would much rather spend time with you apart. Uh, I, I won't be able to give you the attention that you, that I would love to give you. So this answer has to be analyzed by someone who knows him then, because as for me, that could be either way. He could be telling me to read between the lines. He doesn't. He politely doesn't want to tell me not to come so this is his way of telling me or he wants me to come but he doesn't want to force me to come because he feels that i might not enjoy it or i won't get he he won't have the time to talk to me there so he doesn't want me to come and feel disappointed so it depends on how you know him if which of those two answers it is right i know him very well i knew that meant don't go Okay, good. And so not, you didn't not, go and, and i think not necessarily i didn't go i think i don't think necessarily like I don't want you there. It's something that I think he would then be racked with guilt. Like, in other words, I was doing him a favor. Because then he'd be like, sure. oh, my God, Joe was there, and I didn't really get a chance to spend time with him. And blah, blah. Like, he would then, like, obsess on that. Does okay. that make sense? So yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my life. Look, I, I, 
I don't need to go to a funeral for a person I met two times. Sure. You know, he doesn't need you there. Doesn't need me there. Ton of support. Yeah, and it's like it, I'm fine not going, and so I didn't yeah. go. I have to put on a suit. Yeah, I have to put on a suit today for this wedding. I'm already upset. Okay, so I'm dying to talk about this second night. Go. Oh, for my camping trip. Yes. So then, Joey, the second night up in um, on Mount Diablo, when I woke up, it was sprinkling a little bit, but not too bad. Uh, in fact, in the morning, I started a fire and uh, had instant coffee, which is awful. Awful. I've never uh, tried it. Awful. And... I, my plan was I was going to get in the car, drive down the long hill and drive basically kind of around the state park to this, uh, entrance where there's a trail, a trailhead. And there's a, about a six mile loop. Uh, this little trail has, uh, waterfalls along it. It's supposed to be really cool. And the thing I like is it's a loop. I don't love uh, hiking when you hike one direction and then turn around and come right back. For some mm-hmm. reason, there's something kind of satisfying about seeing something new the entire way. Mm-hmm. So this was a lube. Everything was perfect. I got in the car. I was driving there. And as I was driving there, it started raining, not just sprinkling, but raining. Uh, I still drove all the way to the trail hub thinking maybe it'll slow down or it'll mm-hmm. stop. And it didn't. It's just pouring rain. So I uh, basically just drove straight back. I stopped at a Starbucks. So that was the only person I talked to. The entire time uh, I was camping was the Starbucks barista. So I got a drink, drove all the way back, and then I just sat in the tent for the remainder of my trip for the most part. Um, I had the tent open, the tent flap, and I just sat there and I read and I listened to the rain. And I the whole day I just like the same thing I did the previous night. I just slept. I woke up, I read, and I ate, and that was it. There's a small little trail that goes to the peak of Mount Diablo near my campsite. Um, I actually was like right next to that trail. So I did that. Mm-hmm. It was raining and windy and disgusting, but I did that trail. It was like a maybe like a 40 minute hike. Um, so it wasn't long at all. And the view was beautiful. It was, wasn't that great during the rain because it was so much clouds and stuff. But I sat and I read. And I actually, Joey, this was your suggestion. You said it was a joke suggestion, but. I took it as a literal suggestion. Uh-huh. Uh, on our last episode, I made a joke that I would read Marianne Williamson. I forget how it came up exactly. But you said, "I, you know what? I think you should, Mike, read Return to Love by Marianne yeah. Williamson. So I did. I actually got that on my Kindle, and I read that book while I was up there. And I'm very and- curious about this. Now, before you – I want to get into this, though, but before – because I think there's going to be a long discussion here – is – this is where, when you listen to the story. I often feel like you do because sometimes you'll tell me while you're listening to the story that you get anxious or you get, you know, you feel anxiety or you know you feel scared or whatever. All my stories involve anxiety or yeah. fright. But um, is maybe it's just my makeup. Is I'm thinking of, I'm putting myself in this situation and I'm thinking about how incredibly lonely I would be and bored. Oh God, no! Oh, was I'm so jealous. Such the opposite. I, I, I think that's my personality, though. And I, the way that, and I maybe even, I have probably even talked about it on this podcast before. But the way I've heard people describe uh, introverts is that their batteries are recharged when they're alone, and extroverts are the opposite—that they're kind of recharged when they're with people. And that doesn't mean that an introvert doesn't like being around people, and vice versa. That an extrovert, you know, also enjoys their alone time. But 
I just get recharged. I felt I feel good when I have that time to just kind of be alone. And when I know, oh my god, I don't just have some alone time. I have a like two days. Like that just fe- knowing that I have that much time to just be alone feels so good. I um, see. I'm jealous because, like on Thanksgiving, uh, my grandma, my, my mom had and dad had to go deal with my grandma, and it was like four o'clock, and I just drove home, and then from like five o'clock. Till I went to bed, I was just alone. I felt so alone and so lonely and so sad. I love it. I mean, Ugh. if I if that was my life every day, I wouldn't enjoy it as much, I'm sure. But I do really just get recharged by that. So I'm sitting in the tent, I'm reading. And in fact, I was listening to music in and out. And I have, before I get into the Marianne Williams stuff, which I would like to talk about, I'm going to throw a song into this um mixtape thing we're doing oh, is that okay if i do that right here no please do okay so this song kept coming up on my ipod it came up more than once and uh just sitting there alone kind of you know being at peace with the world this song just really you know got me um relaxed it it was good and i want to play for everybody so here's that song okay here we go i'm jaquita banana and i've come to say bananas Ripen in a certain way when they reflect with brown and ever golden you bananas taste the best in other best for you. You can put them in a salad. You can put them in a pie. Yeah, yeah. Any way you want to eat them. It's impossible to beat them. But bananas like the climate of a very, very tropical equator. So you should never put So, Joey, mm-hmm. this book Marianne Williamson wrote, uh, yeah. Return to Love. Yes. Now, Reflections on A Course in Miracles. She, from the very beginning, kind of, I think that she was a she knew about the skeptic inside of me that would immediately be turned off by certain words. And I think she addressed that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, as an atheist, it was, uh, the book talks a lot about God. And I think she tried really hard to make sure somebody like me could still understand the message she's trying to put out there mm-hmm. without immediately shutting down just by the capital G on God, which yeah. I do a lot of times when I see. There was, um, Joey, it was page 11. I remember very distinctly. She calls God a he. Mm-hmm. And that that was really weird for me. And like there were moments in this book when I was reading it where I had to keep telling myself, like, don't allow that to not let you absorb everything else in this book so i tried really hard to but it was an exercise it actually was involved sort of um effort on my part to not allow that to get the best of me in the book Mm -hmm. so i feel good about it um i don't know how much you want to talk about the actual content of the book or what do you what do you want to talk about with it well, why don't we start with your general impression of the information in the book? We don't have to get into the weeds. Well, of it. I've actually had very similar thoughts and conversations with other atheist friends about some of the stuff that she talks in this book, which I 100% feel good about and could adopt about kind of how like heaven, in air quotes, is like when you're a good person and people think good of you and hell is the opposite of that you know you you live forever you live for eternity in like 
positive or you live for eternity in negative, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. And she kind of touches on that. And I, I could pick that up and I could, I feel good about saying that that's true. And the way she describes, like, I'm going to use some terms that are like known for, that are used often in Christianity because that's what people will understand. Like, I get that too. And I mean, I even say to myself sometimes, like, shit, I have to pray about this. And I'm not talking about, you know, a telegram to some higher being. I'm just talking about, like, focusing and, you know, thinking positive thoughts and stuff like that. So, like, I I can pick all of that up. There were, I mean, it is still a little bit more spiritual than I think I am. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of it, there were some of uh, the stuff she talked about. And I feel like this is the same thing with the conversations that you've had where you talk about like the universe um i don't know it just feels a little bit outside of my like comfort zone but i guess that that is what faith should be just kind of like i don't know i don't know well i think what what's funny is i think uh what what's interesting about the course in miracles specifically and then you're talking about marianne williamson who is a jewish woman Mm -hmm. um talking about it because for those of you that don't know the course in miracles look i actually think the course in miracles the story of the actual Course in Miracles is so kooky and weird. Uh, we're not going to get into that. But in it, it Jesus, the actual Course in Miracles, and this is why Return to Love is a little bit better, is written by the character of Jesus. Okay? It's what I always think is so stupid. And um, But one of the things that the Course in Miracles does, and Marianne even takes it even further, it, and so a Christian would be uncomfortable with it, is it sort of um, removes the divinity of Jesus. Does that make right. sense? So in The Course in Miracles, Jesus isn't God. Yeah. She says many times, like, there's not one religion that has a monopoly on love or goodness or, you know what I mean? And I think that that is a solid thought that I can also get behind. Like, I don't think Christians are bad people, but I don't think that they have, like, the an immediate or the best pathway to heaven, so to speak, or that any one religion is right or that any one religion is wrong, that it's kind of a a hodgepodge of all of that. Yeah, but what I'm telling you is what you find uncomfortable on the atheist side, someone like, let's say, Adam Burns, fellow podcaster Adam Burns, would find uncomfortable because in especially a return to love, Marianne Williamson doesn't see Jesus as God. She sees him as sort of a model to look towards, like you would, let's say, she also uses, I think, not equally, but she uses Martin Luther King and Gandhi as well. You know, well, she so, even uses she even uses a story of like Sleeping Beauty as yeah. a tale that tells something about like morals and how like um, the evil witch is darkness that puts you to sleep in, you know, light has to wake you up so to speak yeah and so, you know what I mean? so i feel i can get behind sleeping beauty being a story that helps me become a better person just the way as the story of jesus could help me become a better person but not because i have to worship worship either of those stories as truth mm-hmm. and that will make me a better person but that the story can help me become a better person just by understanding sort you of, know what you might like someone recommended it to me which is essentially return to love but without the jesus it the book sitting right here next to me i bought it but it's essentially a more um, scientific book about how to like reprogram your mind for happiness. Huh. And What's it it's, called? Hold on, let me get it. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, How to Lose Your Mind and Create a New One by Dr. Joe Dispenza. 
Well, read it and tell me if you like it. Yeah, I will. So, like, yeah, I also have come. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the Christianity elements. What I mean, what, so when I read the sort of Christian elements in Return to Love, I in the way, especially Marianne uses them, she's more using Christian language to explain principles, but it's not like pushing Jesus down your throat because right. she's Jewish. So. Right. Um, I get that. What's um, ironic, or maybe this was the universe coming together for people, but um, I went to drinks with a buddy of mine on, um, I don't know, sometime this week. Oh, I guess it was, I don't, it doesn't matter. I went to drinks with a buddy of mine, and he was like, how was camping? And I told him and told him what uh, I did and everything. And then he started going into his relationship problems. And he was like, you know what? I just feel like I've been, uh, for all my life, I've been uh, figuring out what's wrong in a relationship and destroying it and then finding it and like, I just enjoy the hunt. And then when I get the relationship in it, uh, I just destroy all of them. And I was like, you know what? I just read this book (laughs) (laughs) and I swear to God, he's already reading it. So I swear to capital G O D. That he's already reading it. So, but do you see now? And I may edit this out of the show when I'm like when I do like the Marianne Williamson like magic, right? It's, it's like personally funny to me because she's not like that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I've always known that too. Like I feel like when I say you prayed at Marianne Williamson, like I'm joking too because I I knew what she does and I understood what she wrote. I thought there was a little more like, um, what's the one where you like write a list and focus on it and. Oh, the it'll secret. come true. Yeah, I thought it was a little more like the secret, where you know, no, if you it's not. Dream of a, a a car, you're gonna get the car or something. Yeah, no, it, it's about healing relationships, and we can talk more about it off the air. I think we've bored the audience enough. Sure. With well, Marion Wilson, Return to Love uh, was helpful. I read that in my tent, and it was good. Um, yeah. But I think that what it was right for this trip too, because my trip was about healing my mind and i feel like i have become a little bit overly connected um part of my job is in social media and that never turns off and um i I, it just felt good to kind of disconnect while at the same time tending to something that i feel like i've ignored for a little bit which is just kind of my mind and myself and me yeah so now let me ask you so after so you read and and now it's time to go home now what happens then I pack up and I go home. It was actually really pretty uneventful on the way home. It was uh, Saturday. It rained all day. It rained all night. Um, but I'm also kind of stupid. This is maybe a camper. Other campers understand that you. Sh- I don't know if it was right or wrong, but my camp, my tent, I set up under a tree. So I'm in this tent all morning, freezing my ass off thinking I have to pee, but I don't want to get all dressed to go out in the rain. And when I open up the tent on Sunday morning, it sounds like it's raining, but it's because I'm under this stupid tree. So it's like bright and sunny outside, but the tree is like dropping water droplets all over my tent. So every time the wind blew, it sounded like it was like pouring rain, but it actually was almost dry outside. So um, I unpacked, I mean, I packed everything up, Got it in the car and drove home, and that was that. The end. Was Steve was Steve worried about you at all? No. So Steve and my mother and sister were the only people I kind of communicated with while I was up there. Um, but I did it in the way I wanted to do it. I text, you know, maybe once in the morning with, with a, like a photo, and I was like, "Everything's good here." 
And then, but as it was getting dark, I was like, I would text and say like, turning the phone off for the night. Um, you know, just to kind of let them know I'm not dead. Cause mm-hmm. I could see somebody just being a little bit concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't tell my mom that I was the only person at the campground though. That would have freaked her out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Saturday night, uh, a group like a church group showed up and they were loud and rowdy they was like young kids um so and that was actually kind of nice to know that not just that there was a big group of people but i feel like if i'm one of five adults that brings you know 15 kids up to the mountains i probably understand how to survive that would have scared me more nah i was i was happy because they know how to they know how to survive if like yeah but that's the kind of people jason kills oh well they would kill them then not me (laughs) <laughs> oh, all right. So, what's? Cut do you to, have any actually, other wait, stories? Wait a minute. You're Jason. <laughs> this is a story where Jason didn't kill the kids. I forgot about that. There was no reason to be afraid. You're Jason. Are there any other stories you want to tell? Yeah, Mike Lawson. So, listen to this. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about a person who I've actually talked about in the past. But this story is going to get a little intense. So, we're going to call him. But I think anybody, any human being who listens to this show with half a brain, will know who I'm talking about. Okay. Okay? And if you don't, if you're new to the show, go back and listen to all the old episodes and maybe you'll figure it out. Okay? <laughs> okay. But my friend Melissa McQueen, it was her birthday the other day. And so Melissa McQueen decided to have her birthday party with another comedian named Christina Walkinshaw uh, at Barney's Beanery Name in drop. West Hollywood, California. Mm-hmm. And so I go to this birthday party. And I'm there, you know, hanging out. And then who shows up? Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick shows up and he molests me. No. He's in his best friend's father's... Uh, what kind of car was it? In a Ferris Bueller? Wasn't it a Ferrari? For, he's in his best friend's yeah, it's father's Ferrari. Corvette. Ferrari, I, don't know. I think. And they dance in a parade. <clears throat> I don't no, know. What the fuck else happens in that movie? <laughs> They don't go to school, yeah. and they go to a museum, and they go to a Cubs game. Anyway, no, Terry. We're going to call him Terry. Ew. Yeah. Why did I say ew? That's so rude. I know. Well, that's not his real name, so you can say ew. Yeah, but there's nice people named Terry that listen to this, and I'm like, what a dumb uh, name. <laughs> I just don't like this guy. That's why anything you say about him, I'm going to be like, hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So Terry shows up, right? Yeah. And I actually, after this story, I know what a girl feels like. A woman. A woman or a girl, actually. It could be either one. I know Has what he it, showered since you saw him last? You know what? That's debatable. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So I show up and Terry is just like, I'm, I'm, I see him walking up and I go, oh, God. Right? I'm outside. Okay. And he goes, and so I'm just, I kind of like turn my head, hoping he doesn't, like he just goes inside Barney's Beanery and doesn't see me. And then I hear, Joe, mm-hmm. Joe, right? And then he starts coming, and Mike, and is just like all up in my business. Okay. He's kissing me, kissing me all over. And I'm just like, I'm just like a kid at like Thanksgiving, and their aunt is like pinching their cheeks, you know? Sure. And he was like, oh, and Patrick Keene, friend of the show, Patrick Keene, was going to be there, but he had to do a, a, a he, had, he was doing a comedy show down the street, so he was going to be there after. So I'm like, please, hurry up, hurry up, you know? And the entire time, Terry is just staring me down, 
And like, and I'm just like, I tell McQueen, but it's her birthday. I'm like, you need to protect me from Terry. You need to protect me from Terry, right? Yeah. And then occasionally he'll just walk up and just like, Mike, like kissing me all over. Like, and here's the other thing too, as you and I know, is Terry's not out of the closet officially, right? Like he's out of the closet on Facebook, but he's not out of the closet, sure. right? And there's all these people staring at Terry. You know, he makes himself the center of attention. So. We're in this bar, and so I even say, like, hey, listen, um, uh, everyone's luck. I'm trying to get him to go away, right? And I go, everyone's looking. And he goes, I don't care, right? Good and then him. I'm like, oh, God. So then I'll, then he goes away, and he starts playing, like, foosball or something with somebody, <laughs> He's right? He's the only person you wish stays in the closet. I, <laughs> I know. But in an actual closet. So... Um, He's playing foosball, but the foosball is right by the bathroom, right? So finally, Patrick Keene shows up. I go, Pat, you need to go to the bathroom with me. And he's like, why? And I go, because Terry is going to follow me into the bathroom and attack me. He's, he's aggressive. Like, he's like, you gays. I swear to God. So he got to, so Pat's like, go to the bathroom with me while I pee. And, and, oh, and Terry actually tries to follow us in. Ugh. But then he sees Pat's there, and he's just like, whatever. He's talking to Pat. So whatever. So then finally I get a few drinks in me because mm-hmm. I Ubered over there. And now Terry's all my business. And now I start rationalizing like well, it's been a rough week. We knew what had happened with Cameron. And I was like, maybe I kind of need this just to like. Sure. Palate cleanse. Palate cleanse. Well, yeah, I know. So then I start, <laughs> I start reciprocating. Right. Okay. And I go, and then he so he's like now shoving his tongue down my throat. I'm like, listen, I actually am really concerned about you. A lot of people are really staring at you right now. And he goes like, okay, um, let's go to the parking lot, right? <gasps> okay. So now we're in the parking lot by a dumpster, Mike Lawson, by a okay. fucking dumpster in the parking lot. I know the dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Go, <laughs> going at it by the dumpster. And now, all of a sudden, by the dumpster, now he's super self-conscious. He's all like, he's stopping everything. He's like, people are going to see. People are going to see. And I go, wait, there's nobody here. And now you're car- we, were in, we were in a bar. Yeah. And where now people had you, cell phones. Yeah. And he goes, I just want to go home. And I go, okay. All right, bye. Oh, he, he wasn't goes, inviting you? Well, then he goes, walk me home. He lives oh. two blocks away. And I go, oh. and I go, oh. Uh, I go, no means no. And he goes, I know. And I go, okay. And then he like grabs my hand. He's calling me babe now the whole time. We're in the bar. He's holding my hand, calling me babe. Again, in front of all these people, right? Yeah. It's like, so it's raining that night here. Oh, because the rain came down from... uh, Must have been. uh, Yeah. So the rain came down. So it was raining in in here. So we walk in the rain holding hands, which usually it's any kind of Ryan Gosling movie would be super romantic. You so know? same rain, both of us were doing really pathetic, sad things. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk him home in the rain, and he go. And since since I dated Terry, he's moved several times, so I've never seen this place. So he goes, "Don't you want to come and see my new apartment?" And I go, "I kind of do want to see his apartment, right?" Uh, I go, "But I go, look, I'm I'm not in, I." Okay, that's it. But I'm just gonna go see the apartment. That's it. He goes, no, I'm just gonna see the apartment. Right? Just that's it. Yeah. 
We go up to his apartment. Of course, he's like attacking me in the elevator, attacking me in the hallway. It's he was attacking me on the way walking there, right? We get to the apartment. Mike, he just like literally throws me on the couch and just yeah attacks me. Nobody listening to this story is surprised by that though. Like he, I don't know. This isn't like victim sh- blaming, but like no. he gave you quite a few signs that that's what he wanted to do, right? Like you, no, you weren't I, surprised that that happened. I knew, I knew. Yeah. So we made out, but he really wanted to do so much more. But a, I had no condoms, right? Sure. And he didn't want to use condoms, Terry. Mm-hmm. Red flag. Red flag. Yeah. Right? And Red flag. If anyone says, I don't want to use a condom, that's a red flag. Even if you're in like a really, I don't know. I think that it just sounds like not okay. Yeah. Like I, that's a discussion that happens like over dinner one night and you're like, you know what? I think we should stop. Like that's okay. Yeah. That's when you stop. When it's like well thought out and you're, you don't make that choice when your dick is hard. Yeah. So here's the thing. We went at it and... I was real. I'm being honest. I was really grossed out the whole time. I was so disgusted. I was like, I, but here's the thing. I was right too. I was telling myself psychologically, no, you need this. You need to feel physically wanted. You need to do this. This is you're doing this for the better good, for the greater and good. If we could pause for a second, like, no matter how foul you may think he is, there's something flattering about being wanted. Right, it fe- there yeah, is something exactly. kind of gratifying that f- it feels good, even you know what I mean. Like, I'm not no. saying like a woman who gets catcalled should like you should be proud of that, but like I'm saying like as a person who's I don't know been there, I understand like how you could get lured in even if you're at the especially end, especially if you're vulnerable. You know, I was emotionally yeah. vulnerable, and here's the thing, and I've always known this: the thing with Terry is Terry, and you have to believe me here. He looks at me. The way someone looks at, like, the most beautiful person they've ever seen in their entire life. You're his type. I am his fucking type to a T. Like, he has always been, historically been. This has never, ever changed. Like, he sees me and he is just, like, like Pepe Le Pew, you know? Does he have a thing for Hispanic guys as well? Or is it people of your body type? I think it's body type. I think there's a Hispanic thing, too. So it's both. Yeah. You're double whammy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's other things, too. He doesn't like super gay acting guys, and he doesn't like, um, and he also wants someone be, um, who um, is cool. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, he's not, he like, he doesn't want someone. is really sexy. Yeah, he thinks hypochondria <laughs> and anxiety is really sexy. Um, no, he wants someone who, you know, doesn't get super, like, crazy when Matthew Broderick goes to a dinner party. Okay. You know? So, that's kind of important to him because of who he is. So, um, but I have to be honest with you, like, I find him really gross. And I was telling someone the other day about the, the other day, and they typed his name into Google. And what's funny is when you see pictures of him from when we dated or even before, oh, my God, he was so attractive and so cute. This queen has let himself go so hard. Oh, my God, Mike, it is gross. It is it gross. It was because of that last movie. <laughs> so the thing is. I find him completely disgusting. I really do. I I told people this. I saw that after. Oh, so here's the thing: is we just left, and I had ordered a bunch of food and eaten it right on a table, like you do at a restaurant, you know. Yeah. And then like I left, but I was coming back, you know. And originally, I was going to walk him there and walk back, right? So I walk back. There's all these text messages from McQueen saying like, um, the waiters and waitresses are like 
work, are you going to come back? You need to come back and close out your bill. And yeah. I told Terry, I said, Terry, I got to get back. I got to close it. Like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Let's put it on my tab, you know. And I get back, and of course, the 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 management had already written it off as I had walked out. Yeah. And so like, I, 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 they go, no, it's too late. And like, we just put it. So McQueen works there, so she already has like sort of a comp tab anyway. Mm-hmm. But I felt bad, like I was the dick, you know. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt so. Pat Keen for as a favor to me, I had no cash. Tipped the waitress a really nice tip, and then. But afterwards, I was telling them, I go, uh, I, I go, I'm gonna go home and rinse my mouth out, mouth out with Listerine, and I really totally. did. I wasn't even yeah. gonna joke. I really, legitimately did. And um, but here's the thing too: one, it was important for me, I think, psychologically. But also, one thing I reflected on later was, Mike, because you know this, how fucking heartsick was I over him eight years ago or however long ago? Well, you didn't talk about it much on here. Well, we were doing the show that long ago. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> I guess I the conversations I remember you having are the ones that were like after. Do you know what I mean? When you thought about like taking that second bite, which you did obviously this night. Mm-hmm. Right? How yeah. I'm curious, like as far like it with a baseball metaphor, like what base did you guys get to that night? Like was it a third base? Second base? Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Um, nah, not very far at all. He wanted to really badly, but it was, I kept making up all these excuses too, like, oh, I haven't trimmed, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had Taco Bell. I don't feel really clean. <laughs> yeah. I don't, well, you know, he, Terry's the bottom. But, um, uh, and I was like, no, I don't feel, I have, I'm not trimmed down there and I, I don't feel clean right now. I'm super sweaty and gross and it's raining and I don't feel it. And, no, 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 we'll do it another time. Um, and he also, he's all like, I feel bad saying this on the air. He was like, he's like, come on, just let me like lick it or something, yeah. you know? And I was like, no, it's okay. So it, it didn't really get very far. I was just making out. Okay. He wanted to and, more. And there's no plan to go back. Heavy like petting. The, I would say there was heavy petting as well. Is there plan to go back? Uh, no. Is there I have, communication? I have, I have a... Well, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to bleep it out, but I want your reaction on the air. Um, <clears throat> so I see Pat Keen the next day. Yeah. And we go to, to get coffee, and he's like... Um, you know, we were talking about it. Oh, it's so funny. You know, like, it was so funny. So like, we were all... Everyone at Barney's Beanery was like applauding when you guys were walking across the street holding hands. And I was like, uh, right? And I go, what's he? I go, what's? Uh, I go, uh, I know he wants me to come over tonight. He said. He goes, uh, it's not going to happen. And I go, why? And he goes, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that part out. But you know, what's funny is after this happened, you know, because remember after camera, I just kept playing stay and I will survive. This, yeah. this put me in a, in a different place where there was a new song that I was playing oh. on a loop. Because, what you, was you know, that like, song? well, I was, I was going to do that. You know, that song walking on sunshine, baby. But then I, I did like one time. I, I want to play right, this song. When I think whenever I hear this song, now I'm going to think back to this moment. And I want to play it for you right now. Okay, great. I'm 
to Kita Banana And I've come to say bananas have to ripen in a certain way When they reflect with brown and ever golden you bananas taste the best in other best for you You can put them in a salad You can put them in a pie yeah, yeah. Any way you want to eat them It's impossible to beat them But bananas like the climate of a very, very tropical equator So you should never put bananas in the refrigerator No, 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 no So, um, so it's yeah It's a so really long episode because we <laughs> just I, People can up. listen to it Look, they don't have to listen to it all in one sitting Sure So, uh, do you have any other stories, Mike Lawson? Nope, that's pretty much it. What do you got going on next week? Well, tonight I am going to the wedding of a friend of the show, Kate Doyle. Yay! I saw some photos on Facebook of our friend Julianne, my friend Julianne Lanus, and our friend Kate Doyle and Katie Noon. And I thought that was how exciting. I don't know what I know, they were, but what if it I, was like a bachelorette party. Do they do that? Like, no, right probably a rehearsal a dinner. Oh, rehearsal dinner. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and they had it at Katie's husband's restaurant. Will you tell Julie I said hi? Oh, I'm going to have to because I found out that I'm at her table. Oh, yay. I love Julie, and I'm excited about that. Are you anywhere near Katie Noon? I'm same table as Katie Noon. Tell everyone that I said hi. Oh, well, tell everyone I like I said hi. <laughs> I will. <laughs> well, who, who would be there you don't like? Fuck Anthony Russomano. No, I'm just He's joking. not going to be there. Yeah, he will. No, he's not. Why not? I know Isn't for a fact he he's not. I, I think it's me, um, Katie, Julie, and I think we're the only TPR people. Mike Craig's not going? He's Katie. going, but he, Mike Craig is going, yes. I feel like, why wouldn't Anthony Rusmano go? Aren't, wouldn't they no, be close? No, no, no. Is Paul Kanarek going? No. What? I, I mean, I haven't talked to oh, Katie. Oh, oh Abby's here, going, so though. Ab- Abby's going. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, tell everyone that I know... And like that, I said hi. I will. I think you're gonna like everybody there. Yeah, totally. That's exciting. Um, what else is going on? You got that tonight. I have that, and then I think I'm seeing some friends like the Johns tomorrow. They haven't been in the story in a while. Oh, I have a. Wait. <laughs> so the other, <laughs> the other day, <laughs> we go we go to a movie. I go to a movie with the Johns. What movie did I go with them? Oh, Nocturnal. So we went to a screening of Nocturnal Animals with Tom Ford doing a Q&A afterwards. Sure. And um, that's a whole other fucking story. I'm, I'm, I'm going to save that for next week. Let me, that, okay. let me tell you this. There's a story for, about the Johns next week. Okay, great. Um, that's a whole. I forgot about that. Me and Evil John and I got into it again. <laughs> Yet again. Um, and then other than that. Shocking. I'm, I'm actually just really excited to get to get at least until Christmas life to get back to normal. Right. I was so I sick know. this week. Me too. So I'm looking forward to a normal, boring week next week. English Seriously. class and uh Oh, did we talk about the walkout English class in here? Oh, we did. We did. We did. We yeah. Did, we did. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I Do you I have any, any other right songs up. you want to play? No, we're at an hour and a half or more. I think I'm good with songs. Okay. We did three. Should we do one more? 
Yeah, is there any other song that means something to you? Can we play one out? Let me tell you what I'm doing next week, and then okay. I'll tell you my right. last song. Okay. okay, so this week I've got um, – this weekend, Steve's coming over in a little bit. We're going to hang out this weekend. Um, I actually have a big two-day meeting this coming week. Uh, our, so as you probably know, a lot of the people I work with, we all we work remotely. So there are people all over the country that work for the organization I work at. And we're all coming together for two days here in Berkeley – and that's this week, so that's going to be big and sort of stressful and whatever. We also have Giving Tuesday. If you're familiar with Giving Tuesday, there's a really cool campaign that I put together. You can actually see diabeteshandsfoundation.org slash thanks. Um, people are buying thank you cards for $5, and um, it's this cool little like campaign. So that's going to be sort of stressful, but um, also kind of cool. And then um, there was something else I wanted to tell you, but I can't remember. So say lovey. Oh, by the way, I can't record on Wednesday, so I'll have to do another day because I have that big meeting. That's fine. Um, All right, so I have one more song, and it actually has a lot to do with you, Joey. It's a song that Mm -hmm. you introduced me to. I'm sure I had heard versions of it, but this specific version I never heard before until uh, you brought it up. So I want to play it just because it kind of highlights our friendship, but it also makes me think of like this cool podcast that we put together and everything like that. So sweet. uh, I want to play that. And real quick, uh, I also want to tell people, follow us on Twitter at CU podcast. And we have a new poll that is about this episode. So if you go to CU podcast right now on Twitter, twitter.com slash CU podcast, you can vote in that poll. And it's a question regarding the content of this episode. So go check it out. Okay. The end. So do we say goodbye or any? Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the song, and goodbye, Joe. Nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say bananas have to ripen in a certain way when they reflect with brown and ever golden you bananas taste the best in other best for you. You can put them in a salad. You can put them in a pie. Yeah. Sure.